0: people's radio yo hang up that's police what's on the radio propaganda my control and turning it on it's like putting on the blindfold because when you bring in the real you don't get rotation you take over ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen you are listening to the cheats movement podcast this is a product of the family podcast network coming to you in january 2022 it is monday december 13th i hope everyone has had a wonderful weekend this week's going to be awesome. We've got two really great podcasts that are dropping this week. I'm really excited for you to listen to them. Today's episode is with uh, an amazing writer by the name of Adam Aziz. He is uh, AKA Broken Cool. I, I discovered this brother work this brother's work this year, and he is amazing. He writes all things about sports, music culture, race. He is amazing. He started his first publication when he was 16 years old. I believe that was in 1996 and has never looked back. Uh, He comes to us from Canada. He's based in Toronto uh, and has written for The Undefeated. He writes for The Undefeated. He writes for Complex. He writes for OK Player. He writes for Mike. He's just an amazing conversation. So, we had a really, really great conversation about hip-hop and all things in between with Adam Aziz, a.k.a. Broken Cool, and that's coming to you uh, in just a second. Later this week, be on the lookout as I continue talking about public education, in particular Richmond public education, and there is a really, really good conversation with Stephanie Reese, who is on the Richmond school board. She's a first-term school board Um elected official and we get into everything we possibly can with rps including collective bargaining which just took place last week so it's another great week on the cheats movement i'm flying solo but Gigi broadway will be here uh in the next couple of weeks she's got a lot going on but i hope you will enjoy these i hope you will subscribe to the family podcast network everything there can be found uh on the cheats movement podcast network.com the family podcast network is coming to you in full force in January until now enjoy these amazing amazing podcast episodes make sure you subscribe make sure you leave a comment uh, we're really really excited about the work we're doing so with no further ado broken cool aka Adam Aziz check it out
1: i feel good when i wake up in the morning yawning crack the dawn and i say my prayers thank god for making me your super mc slayer brush my teeth hit the shower then i comb my hair Step ladies out the crib, and gentlemen ladies
0: and gentlemen this is the cheats movement podcast i'm your host cheats and i've got another just exciting exciting conversation exciting interview to bring to you i Welcome to the program for the first time ever, Adam Aziz, a.k.a. Broken Cool. Adam, welcome to the Cheats Movement Podcast.
1: What's up, man? Happy to uh, happy to connect. Appreciate uh, Appreciate the time. And, uh, you know, this is pretty special, man. Um, uh, this is probably the second on-camera interview I've done in over 25 years. So, it, it was uh,
0: amazing. You're exactly right. I was looking. Uh, I mentioned this before we started the interview, but I was looking for, like, photos or LinkedIn or references because your byline, <laughs> Broken Cool or Adam Aziz's byline is everywhere when it comes to culture, sports, uh, hip hop in particular, but your personal information is not everywhere. How, how How is this happening?
1: Well, let's keep it that way. <laughs> no. no, I mean, you know, man, it's like, uh, you know, I just I've been doing this for a really long time and since I was 16 years old. Right. And I'm, I'm 41 now. So um, I was fortunate in the beginning. Um, I launched one of the first online music publications back in 1996. Right. And uh, I was fortunate to do a lot of really cool stuff, you know, go to a lot of really cool things, meet a lot of cool people, be out in front when I was like a teenager to my early 20s. And then I kind of j- it, it kind of just became about doing good work, right? And um, yeah, I talk about it, you know, on social, you know, social media and stuff like that. But I never, um, you know, I never kind of jumped out in front of it. Uh, and uh, well, here we are.
0: <laughs> and, and look, and look, I'm in Richmond, Virginia. So look, some of our audience might not necessarily under look might not follow that accent as much as I picked it up already, or that. So that that is home base is Toronto. Canadian. Um and it, so so if you, you hear something in the audience that sounds a little but not quite as southern as we're used to, <laughs> it's because Adam is doing his thing in the in the in the north, if you call it. Uh yeah, and
1: T dot T dot And
0: and for those that aren't familiar with your bylines in particular or Broken Cool, um, I've come across them quite a bit. And then when I did a deep dive, like you said, for years on years, especially in the hip hop space and, and most recently this intersection of hip hop and sports. And I just want to be, um, I look for people that are doing great work in culture and hip hop and sports. You're Like I said, you're all over the place. The thing that really stood out to me recently was an interview that you did with Todd Snyder And it was the intersection of hip hop and boxing. He's released a book about the intersection of hip hop and boxing. It just seems like the perfect match, especially as you go through now in your career and sports and hip hop as well. Tell me a little bit about how that interview came about. But then actually, I want you to kind of talk about how it relates to your career, which is a giant intersection of hip hop, sports and culture.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was approached about, you know, the, the book that was coming out, Beatboxing, and it's a great book. Um, everyone should uh, should check it out. But what I find kind of fascinating about it was, you know, there when, when you think back in history, there are a lot of intersecting points between, you know, boxing and hip-hop. And obviously we know some that come to mind, you know, the big one being, you know, Tupac and Mike Tyson. And um, just on that specifically, what was really interesting was, reading the book and then thinking about it a bit more, it was kind of wild that Tyson and Pac lived each other's lives at different times, right? And and it was Mike Tyson that was trying to get Pac to slow down and that was really concerned um, towards, towards the end there. Um, which is kind of ironic, right? Because Mike was in the the fast the fast life, you know, kind of kind of prior to that. So so that that was one. And then I think the thing that drew me to it as well was just I used to be a big boxing fan, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, much like I it kind of draw a parallel to wrestling a little bit for me, right? Like I used to be a big you know wrestling fan when we had these like iconic you know, uh, uh, superstars, wrestlers, or, you know, in boxing, fighters, and then boxing's gone through this, like, kind of lull, at least casual fan lull period where, um, you know, a lot of those big name fighters aren't, aren't there anymore, right? Um, or they're there, but they're not kind of in the ring, right? Sure. And, um, you know, it's interesting because it's hip hop that's actually, um, and and Todd kind of, you know, echoed this is like, it's kind of hip hop that's keeping boxing alive a little bit like you have, Mm -hmm. you know, Griselda, you know, frequent frequently referencing fighters, you know, in their lyrics, current and past, and uh, it, it was really hip hop that was kind of propping boxing up. And hip hop had a big part of growing boxing's popularity. Right. So um, that's what kind of, um, you know, drew me to it. And then to answer the, uh, you know, second part of your question, um, you know, I've just, it's just been an honor for me just to kind of be uh, uh, not trying to be extra about it, but um, it's been an honor for me to, you know, be involved in hip hop culture. Um, you know, as long as I have been, right? And, and, and that's why I'm still in it, right? Obviously it's great to get opportunities and, and uh, it's nice to, you know, get paid for what you're doing, but, but I love hip hop, right? Like I love hip hop, I love hip hop culture. I have since I was like a kid, right? Like eight years old, right? Um, you know, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince, NWA. I remember getting like, you know, smacked around because I played straight out of Compton in my backyard one day. Um, And, uh, and, and, you know, so that's what, you know, kind of, you know, kept me around hip hop culture. And then I'm a sports fan too. So a lot of the recent work I've done has kind of tried to draw the correlation between um, hip hop culture and sports. I even did an article on, you know, the NHL. I'm working on another sure, one right now. Sure, the end racism,
0: the end racism yeah. NHL movement, Yep.
1: Yeah. And the wild thing about that was, like, you know, you talk to the younger players and they're like, you know, nah, like, like, you know, we have hip-hop in the dressing room now and everything, and, and there's this, like, infiltration of hip-hop culture in uh, hockey culture, which hockey culture, that, that's too deep to go into now, but there's a lot of issues sure. with no, hockey understand. culture right now. And uh, but it's interesting to see when you talk to the younger players, especially younger black players, you know, they are bringing, you know, hip hop into the fold and they feel like it's actually helping make uh, in some cases for better environments, you know, in those dressing rooms, there's a, a long, long way to go, especially after talking and getting deep into that article. We're not there yet, but I think, um, you know, and even talking to some executives at the league. Um, you know, they know that hip hop culture is actually their way to grow the game. I just don't know if they know how to do it.
0: But that's a good point. And let's double down on that intersection because you're living there right now. And I I feel um, like it's such a unique place we're in. Um, And it's been almost, so I think the roller coaster that has just been the last 12 to 24 months. Yeah, global pandemic, uh, George Floyd, um, Breonna Taylor, um, Amon Arbery. And then you see, in particular, the NBA and the WNBA um, really outspoken about this intersection. But what I found interesting about the intersection of sports, culture, hip hop, protests, um, it actually did get people to look backwards. I heard a lot more about Muhammad Ali and John, uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith. And all of these kind of pioneers that got us to where we are now. And it's almost like the word I heard quite a bit was like revival. There's like this revival of this intersection of sports and culture. When you look at it now, especially over this roller coaster Mm -hmm. that has been probably the last 18, 20 plus months where it seems as if players want to use their voices. And it seems like, uh, for lack of a better term, executives or administrators are trying to find this balance. Like we want to be on board, but not that much. What have you seen?
1: Yeah. I mean, the best example is, is, you know, I talked to, um, and I I know I'm, I'm jumping back to, you know, the NHL for a second, but it's great. A good example is, um, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about Evander Kane because he um, he has, um, you know, some real, uh, you know, real issues he, he needs to sort out that that um, are separate of, you know, his work in uh, improving diversity and inclusion. But I spoke to Evander Kane and um, he was part of the Hockey, Hockey Diversity Alliance, right, um, which works alongside um, the NHL to essentially uh, improve, um, uh, you know, uh, diversity inclusion within the league. And uh, when the NHL responded um, to everything that happened over the past uh, year uh, and change, they went out, you know, with a message of end racism during the right. height of the Black Lives Matter movement. And end racism was all over, you know, the end boards and everything. And the HDA wasn't supportive of that, right? Because they didn't go out with the Black Lives Matter message. Yes, end racism. So, so their whole theory, their their whole thinking was you know, we have a lot of different, um, you know, people that we need to, um, you know, address in this because there's a large native population in Canada and most of the NHL team, you know, huge amount of NHL teams are here. Uh, But the whole deal there was that that moment was about Black Lives Matter. It was not about addressing every other nuanced, uh, you know, Piece of uh, that, maybe, maybe challenge may, may have challenges, right? So, they weren't supportive of that message. They, they thought they should have gone out with the Black Lives Matter message, and so do I, right? And players did. Um, there, there's numerous uh, players that went out and supported that message, whether it was speaking about it or whether it was, you know, wearing Black Lives Matter merchandise, um, you know, in, in training and, and whatnot. But that was a good example of where you're right, um, people wanted to jump in. But they kind of wanted to, some uh, leagues wanted to dip their toe in the water rather than dive it, right? And then you have the the, right. the opposite of that is the NBA, right? Um, you know, where, um, you know, I, I, I'd i say that more so than most leagues, um, you know, the NBA is supportive of, you know, players, you know, speaking speaking their minds. They, they you know, in the bubble, they they did go out with the Black Lives Matter messaging on the court. Yep. Um, you know, there was a you know, there was a stronger, a stronger presence for it. I still think they, you know, had, had their challenges, but, um, you know, I think it it was interesting to see the parallel between the two leagues. And I mean, you know, just looking at the makeup of the athletes in both of those leagues, that's what makes it even more concerning, right. Is, you know, the NHL is predominantly white, uh, you know, uh, white players, um, and, 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 you know, for them to not kind of take as strong a stance, uh, I think rub people a little bit the wrong and way. I so
0: and I thought, interesting that you brought that up, because I thought the interesting kind of juxtaposition was the WNBA versus the NBA, right? Because on the surface, it looked as if the NBA players who actually, you know, shut down some games uh, yep. and, the, and the bubble was extremely proactive. You compare them to the WNBA, they you know, the WNBA might as well have been the most radical, most aggressive, most... And I was interested to see, like... Yeah as always, um, you know, it seemed as if the makeup of the WNBA had more of even the white players and non, uh, you know, non-black players buy in to say, this is absolutely the right thing to do. Um, and when they did that, they, you know, they were ousted owners basically in the WNBA. So I really just thought that that was super interesting.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, I I think, you know, that, you know, I think, what leagues have have had to get used to is that these used to be very controlled environments, right? Absolutely. Um, Sports leagues, right? So there was was a lot of control on the players. There was a lot of control on the, you know, marketing, the messaging. And with the influx, uh, you know, of social media, that obviously changed. But I think we've even, you know, tenfold, you know, taken that even further forward where, you know, it almost feels like you know, it almost feels like the, it's almost like a player revolt in a, uh, in, in a little bit of a, a sense, um, you know, just short of a full revolt, but it's like, no, like, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I am also a, I am also a human being. Um, and I want to speak my mind, I want to support, you know, causes that I believe in. Um, and you know, you're essentially not going to control me like, you know may have happened you know in the past where you know even the superstars of the day were very buttoned up right like I mean absolutely. that is Michael Jordan right yeah you know if you think back to Michael Jordan yeah superstar you know you know everyone you know just you know my favorite player growing up just like a you know like a god you know to me but I don't really remember him. <laughs> he <laughs> didn't. You know, too much he, about he, he absolutely.
0: Didn't. He addressed it. Hip hop was a lot more active back when we had public enemy or we oh, had self-destruction fight the power. And it, it, it was a little bit easier. Okay. The current hip hop in regards okay. to okay. addressing yeah. social issues, where do you think we are with that?
1: Maybe I'd be careful, like, because, you know, I have a lot of respect, you know, for the culture, but, you know, you know, there's, like I mean, a good example is Ice Cube. Um, so I think we've learned a lot about Ice Cube over the past, uh, you know. Boy, uh, have we ever! C- a c- couple of years, you know. But that that kind of like hurts, right? For for an old school, you know, you know, hip hop fan, someone been around the culture for that long. Like I I I saw Ice Cube as like you know the one of the leaders of the you know, the, the, you know, you know, movement, you know, anti, you know, anti, you know, authority, anti, you know, police brutality, anti racism, anti this, and, you know, he was, the he was one of the leaders. And I think what we learned is just that, you know, a lot of the successful, you know, hip hop artists are businessmen, right? And if you think about a businessman in a corporate world, you know, in an executive, right? Um, they have multiple people around them, making sure they don't. Uh, can I swear, or but um,
0: well, it's family friendly, family friendly. So, okay, but, cool. but I know, I know uh, exactly what you're getting at.
1: It can't mess up anything. Yeah, right? yeah, and, Not, especially and, that bag. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I think we put too much in modern day. I think we put too much expectation on uh, you know, uh, the successful artists of today, because it's just a different environment, right? When public enemy were, you know, coming up in NWA and, um, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Keras won and, and, you know, we, as a hip hop culture, we were trying to address things. We were trying to make our voices heard. And when hip hop became pop music, I mean, our voices were kind of like our voices are being heard maybe not with the same messages uh you know of of the past day um and not as important messaging but the whole idea back then was we want to be heard right and then i think once we were heard everyone was kind of like okay cool let's just make you know cool uh you know let's just make cool music i'm not saying everybody did that um but you know i think back to like tracks like i mean two of my favorite you know hip-hop songs of all time i can't get enough uh, of them is like oh yeah and Free Mumia um, by KRS with, with, and Free Mumia with Channel. And like, oh man, like if you listen to those, like they're like, like this is what some hip hop used to be like, they're like frightening, right? Like to, like if people heard <laughs> them, you'd be like, damn. Oh, like, you know, like, like this dude is like militant. Like he's trying to say something and I don't know about you, but I don't like, I don't hear a lot of, like I talked to, um, I'm working on a new article, you know, and I talked to a uh, stick man of dead Prez.
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, dude, like really cool dude, one of my favorites. And, um, you know, I was talking to him about, you know, be healthy. So this is a different example, right? But be healthy from the Let's Get Free uh, album, right? Such a dope song. Like, it's like a head nod, you can feel it, but it's about eating healthy, right? And it was just like, right. <laughs> the way these right. dudes right. delivered it, I was like, you know, the way they delivered it, you were like, damn, I better start eating healthy, you know, because <laughs> like, they were just so, like, aggressive with it, right, and, and that's what, like, I find that we miss today, is, like, there's not a lot of that, um, I love when hip-hop used to scare people, like, nothing may be happier when I would play hip-hop in my room, and my parents would get mad at me, right, um, and I would just turn it up louder, right, because, like, it was, like, that's what I loved, that's what drew me to hip-hop in the beginning, right, it was, like, it was anti-authority. It was it was it was it was um, unique in the sense that not everybody listened to it. It was like kind of frightening. It's kind of scary, and it was just that's what was exciting about it, right? And and there's not a lot of, you know, modern day hip hop. I mean, there's very little modern day hip hop that I would call scary or yeah. Probably-
0: I, you know what? <laughs> I've never heard anybody present it the way that you just did, Adam. And the interesting is, it, it, I mean, there was a moment right when you were speaking. I was like, you're right. Oh, even right. the stuff that I think is closest to the streets. You mentioned Griselda or closest to the community. It's, street it's, not, right? it's not, it's not scary. right? It doesn't scare me. It probably wouldn't even be something where as a parent now I would go into my, you know, I don't have a 13 year old. He's younger, but if I had a 14 year old and they're listening to it, I would probably not do what my parents did. There's right. nothing uh, that is a shock to the system. Maybe like, even, even a different level of shock. But is there something that's even like when Eminem dropped?
1: Well, that's another, you know, um, really interesting. Uh, I love, I love like tweeting and like talking about M because I used to be, the you know, one of the bigger Eminem fans. And I don't want to get into a whole sidetrack conversation right now, but I love man. it.
0: Let's go with it. Let's go. With well, it. I
1: just find, I just find it very difficult to listen to like old Eminem music now, right? Stuff I love. You know it doesn't hit the same way because man, that was a that was music, um, that was music for a time. Like I don't, I don't, yeah, didn't I don't age, didn't a lot. age right. It did not age well, right? Which is wild because, like, if you think about M at his peak, um, man, like that was just like it was shocking, right? Like, like it was right. No, it was it
0: was a thing where your parents literally were like, "Yo, what? Like, what is this?" There's only a handful of times, like you said, that we remember that it was like, "Oh, this is some." different scary type stuff and it wasn't scary in the sense of nwa being scary but it was right. scary in the sense that it made people
1: uncomfortable but i think that's the key point right is nwa the message in nwa's music still resonates today right um that was you know that was the but whereas like you know M's was shocking for the fact that he was talking about you know killing his you know baby yeah, mom and yeah, he was yeah, talking yeah. about you know all sorts of crazy stuff about you know shock, shock value and- yeah um you know it was shock value right yeah. um but you're right just as a, a kind of isolated example not even that right i mean you don't even have that there well i mean shock value is hard today regardless music you're right or it, it's <laughs> just such because we
0: we're exposed to so much now
1: go listen to free mumia oh man like you know play that play that for like a you know, play that for like a a sixty year old, you know, white hip hop fan. <laughs> you know, well, and, and tell me that dude's not a little shook. And you right? mentioned like, the
0: you mentioned Dead Prez, and the interesting about Dead Prez is the world. Dead Prez was just they were actually literally like they were actually ahead of their time. The world has caught up with Dead Prez. Yes. And it's yes. It, at the time when Dead Prez came out. People were like, "I don't even know." You could—they had a big sticker over the album cover because yeah, you couldn't even black. have that. And it oh, was yeah. like you listened to it, and I remember as a young, younger black male, I'm like, yeah. "I don't know," because you're—you always thinking like, if the shoes were reversed at the time, you'd be like, "I don't know if I feel comfortable." And then you realize, I think, like you were talking about through even what you're talking about with the NHL, the end racism versus Black Lives Matter. It's like, no, wait, you should—the shoes don't have to be reversed. This yeah. is what's happened up until this point, And this is the message that they're giving.
1: Absolutely, man. You think about like a track on there, like they schools and, and, and it's just powerful, powerful music. Right. And I, you know, like you, I'm sure, you know, when Friday hits, you know, I go check out everything, you know, that dropped, you know, I don't hear a lot of powerful music. Right. I mean, uh, there, there's, the good stuff music, that there's hear, a lot of good yeah, music.
0: The stuff that you hear, you don't get the pub. Like, it just doesn't get the pub as well. Like,
1: no, no. Um, and I used to get like, you used to get like chills when you heard, yeah. like, like you know, even, even like, um yeah, man, you just get like, you just get like goosebumps, like when you'd hear, you know, certain tracks, you know, back in the day. And uh, yeah, it's too, it's too bad. I mean, there's a, there's a lane there, right? I mean, I, I think there's a lane, um you know, for, um you know, for someone to, you know, and people have tried, I mean, I, I'm, I'm drawn a little bit of a blank, but, you know, there's our there is stuff that's come out um, i'm sure independently as well um you know where uh, some of that uh you know momentum is trying to be brought back but i mean the last you know i remember like uh, bam on uh 444 sure. uh, four, four. i mean sure. that was powerful but it's hove again man. hove can't do everything <laughs> right right it's, no, like it's, 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 di- it's it.
0: different though because yeah. again a dead prez today um and X-Clan even further back you don't see those types of, like, you know, the one thing that I always talk about, and I do, I know we're short on time too, but one of the things that was always amazing to me, and I think this is why I do consider him one of the all-time, all-time greats, is when we look back on the Eric B. and Rakim, even to the paid and full days, um, it's music that held up. It was music with a message, but you didn't know, that it had so much of a message unless you were in that community and understood what 5% knowledge was. Oh, yeah. And there's, and it was like, even to that, I don't, I, I obviously credit him as one of the all time greats because he gave this medicine in a way that everybody was like, yo, this is just dope music. And Hove to an extent has a great knack for doing things like that.
1: Oh but- man, 444 is, is like, I mean, it's incredible. To me, like still, even though it yeah. came out 2020. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, that Hove put out a classic album at, at that age. I mean, four 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 is a certified hip hop classic. Um, it's one of my favorite Jay Z albums, and it came out when the dude was almost fifty. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, yeah. that is incredible, right? But there's so much but game. Hove so much and hove game. comes from that that school you're talking about, though. Yeah. That Eric B. and Rakim school, you know, and and you can see it, right? You can you gotta go in between the lines on, on 444. You know what I mean? And yeah. and uh you no, know, it's pretty amazing. And you mentioned Eric B and Rakim, just one quick note. You know, I oh, worked yeah. on a I can't say too much about it, but I worked on a, a pretty incredible uh, podcast that's probably coming out towards the end of next year. Um, And what I would say is it's a hip hop podcast, you know, looking at that kind of era. um, And it's, uh, you know, hosted by someone pretty incredible that no one is not going to know who it is. Um, And uh, I got to be a researcher and a script writer on it. And it was incredible to go back really deep, you know, into that era and just really understand like how wild that time was. From the impact on culture as a whole, right? Sure. The, the NWA's, you know, the the you know, Beastie Boys, even, you know, like love the Beastie um, Boys,
0: love them, you know.
1: And and it, oh man, it was cool. It was cool to dive really, really, you know, deep into that.
0: Well, let me ask this because um, we're, we're we're around the same age, and one of the things that. Um, is one of the things I feel like I missed in many ways is I kind of grew up as a fan, a casual fan. Um, And and it wasn't till later in life that I just like deep dove into hip hop and hip hop culture and so forth. Um, And then I look back and was like, oh man, all this stuff was happening. And I, you know, I missed this. You on the other hand, Adam, that you said first publication when in 1996, if I'm doing the math here, you're 16 years old, 17 years old. Yeah, in that sense. Yeah. Exactly. So
1: I covered Big's death like in real time over, on the internet in 1997 with people give writing me letters uh, by email reacting to the news they heard on the radio. Um, and it, it was it was pretty wild. Was talk pretty wild. to me
0: about just why you're an average 16 year old, even if you're a yeah. casual fan of hip hop is it going and writing stories and launching publications? How did this come about? It's so awesome. I'm so jealous, oh, yeah. but like, how did your career path start in this way and, and, expand?
1: You know, like, I mean, you know, my parents always kind of encouraged it, whatever kind of crazy ideas I had. And like, for me, I realized looking back, I was like, I wasn't a casual fan of hip hop. Like that is all I cared about. <laughs> like, I mean, staring at the front page of the source, like, just staring, like, like I, it's hard to explain actually. Um, and no, I well,
0: believe me, we understand, we understand, <laughs> and I, I think all, a lot of my listeners are going to understand as well because they were equally, yeah, in it.
1: Yeah. So we just got a new, we, we got a new computer, and I was like, I want to do something with this. So I started an email newsletter. Um, just went and hunted for emails on message boards and everything. Um, some of my first subscribers were like KS1 and um, uh, you know some of the a, a lot of a lot of some of the you used to email me all the time. It was pretty wild. But how awesome um, is that?
0: So 16 yeah, years was, old, you're yeah. looking at your subscriber list, and you're like, oh, that's that's one
1: Well, what was even crazier was, uh, you know, when I started it and I kind of got some momentum going, you know, 10,000 subscribers pretty quickly. Um, I would go to the record labels. And tell them what i was doing they'd be like this is on the internet nah we're not messing with that and then the only dude the only no. two people that uh, really supported me in the beginning one is named saul guy who used to run a, a record label called uh figure four um and then he worked at bmg music canada he supported me right off the go and the other person believe it or not is mr morgan who's the president of ovio um oh, wow. sound and uh, he crazy. used to uh, run figure four as well. And those are two of the first people that kind of supported, you know, what I was doing uh, back then. and didn't laugh me out of the room. There's a lot of other people too, like Matt, shout out to mastermind, John Ramos, a lot of these dudes, lo- local Canada, you know, actually was one of the bigger supporting back. Uh, had my back in the beginning. And then um, it just kind of blew up for there, went out to a hundred thousand people a month eventually. And then I actually um, moved on Launched another dot com, went to work with TI for a while on a dot com that he had um, and uh, and then did a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, kind of in between. But for me, I think the takeaway there is just like I I was never like that, that all all I cared about was hip hop. And that is kind of all, you know more or less, it's all I still kind of, you know, <laughs> care about, although, you know, I've definitely expanded. Yeah, I know, careers, absolutely. But I have a deep love and appreciation for, you know, hip hop and hip hop culture and the things that it's taught me, you know, it's taught me about business it's taught me about, you know, relationships, it's taught me about, you know, you know, race relations. Just taught me about, you know, you know, family, you know, it's, you know, taught me about a lot of things and, and you know, along with obviously, you know, parents and everything. But, you know, I've I gotten a lot, you know, from hip hop, but I like to think I've given back, you know, a lot too.
0: So, and I'll get you out on this. That's amazing. That's amazing. And we're going to have to have you back on, Adam. Look, get used to doing these types of things because we could, we could do this all day. Um, I
1: feel you
0: in the sense of I'm always impressed it seems like every story every byline with with your name on every story you write down is something that is just at the perfect kind of intersection of this awesomeness and so I'm interested because how, how do you even go about selecting the stuff that you want to write about uh, because they're all just these fascinating intersections of hip-hop sports culture race mm-hmm. I mean it's just the perfect Kind of combination of uh, of things that I, I love to see, and it seems like you never miss. So I'm interested in how you select no your bylines, question, no. and then <laughs> no, no, and, and also because you have a history of you know launching publications, going to to do other things, um, is that something that's always in the back of your mind to say like, oh, I'm going to take another stab at launching a publication or digital or whatever you can do in 2022, <laughs> 23. Um, so two things, uh, and I'll get you mm-hmm. out on that, but how do you yeah. select your stories, and then what's the future look like?
1: Yeah, so selecting stories, I mean, as far as coming up with pitches and everything, I mean, I just look for those corners of, of anything that people haven't touched, right? So, um, you know, I try to look for really unique um, kind of maybe times crazy angles um, you know, to things. Um, and usually I regret pitching them when people accept them because then I gotta write it. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. Uh, but then no, I just like going into those corners, you know, that that are kind of like unexplored um and uh you know that's that's kind of how i would answer that and then the second piece is i assure you i will never create another blog i mean i promise i will never do that or however,
0: publication like i mean it's also
1: I, that no why not uh, no nah, man i've done that man i mean i appreciate everybody i appreciate, every, I appreciate like, shout outs to, you know shout outs to people like uh nav man. nav at hip-hop and more i mean yeah. i know the work that goes into that i mean sure. it is incredible amount of work however um, and I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but um, you know, one thing I haven't done is write a book. Um and um, sure. you know, I, I am kind of you know having some early discussions about that. Um, it would be a, you know, that similar intersection uh kind of, but um I'm, I'm kind of maybe getting a little bit excited about um, you know, doing something like that. So kind of talking about that right now.
0: That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And then I I don't you you mentioned the podcasting and things that'll be coming out in the future. Um yeah. what What should we look out for uh, in the immediate future, maybe in the next six months or so with your name on it?
1: Yeah. So I'm working on another um, uh, story on the NHL for the undefeated. I'm working on uh, something around uh, sort of hip hop and health uh, for okay player. um, uh, Which should be interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what happens with some of these other projects. I might go into a cocoon again, um, for several months, uh, depending on how uh, how intense uh, some of these other things are, but uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'll be around doing some uh, doing some things here over the coming months.
0: Well, the work is amazing. I'm am so it, glad you. that I ran across that first article, and it put me down a rabbit hole of all uh-huh. of all of the articles that I saw on BrokenCool.com and all the other places where you see your work. Really quick, let people know where they can follow you.
1: Yeah, I mean, at Broken Cool, um, IG, Twitter, um, BrokenCool.com to kind of see uh, most of the, the recent work uh, that I completed. And, and thanks to you, I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate the time and for easing me into my next on-camera phase it's of my uh, career It's going to be much,
0: here. much more, I'm <laughs> sure. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Adam Aziz. It's Broke and Cool. Uh, this is the Cheats Movement podcast on the Family Podcast Network. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. I want to thank Adam for this amazing conversation please be on the lookout for everything he does again you can find him at the undefeated you can find him at OK playa mike all kinds of places uh and you can also find everything he's doing at brokencool.com he is an amazing amazing writer and he's got a lot of amazing things coming up so please 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 make sure you check him out follow him on social media he's very active on twitter and he does some really really great work so thank you to adam this has been an amazing podcast episode again make sure you follow everything that the family podcast network is doing make sure you follow and subscribe the cheats movement podcast and you can also follow everything the cheats movement is doing on social media as well uh stay tuned this week is an, an amazing week for us we've got another podcast coming we may actually have even a third podcast coming as we get ready for the launch of the Family Podcast Network in January 2022. Until next time, we see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to play leaving. Right. See you at the airport.